Testing. One, two, three, testing. Why am I even doing this? Everything is the same as it was yesterday. This is what I love about having my own studio. Now, I used to hate it when, whenever my show would start on the radio and that DJ before me would always fuck everything up. So it would take me at least half an hour to get the sound right. <sighs> but now that's not an issue. I don't have to go testing, one, two, three, testing. I'm not banging on, on about radio. It, it always sounds like I am, but I'm not. It's just... There's certain people that shouldn't be allowed on radio, and those are the people who have no have no uh, uh, talent, have no personality, and also seem to always mess around with the with the settings on the on the sound desk. And it used to drive me insane. There used to be times where I would, you know, hope that things would be normal, and then I would be talking on my show, and then. I'd get a message from that from the tech guy saying, "Wade, you are, you are too, you are too, you are too faint. You need to, t you need to dial, you need to add gain onto your microphone." Yeah, well, I shouldn't have to be doing that if it wasn't for that stupid idiot before me. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about me ranting. Um, I, I've realized, you know what, don't actually, don't listen to me anymore because, uh, I said, uh, I said that I said yesterday that, uh, I am loving winter at the moment because it's just sunny. It's, it's sunny. It's, it's the, the air is very crisp and the whole day it's just been very miserable. It's been raining since, since, uh, since people started going to the, to the, to the mosque to go and pray, and it's just, uh, it's just been a really awful winter day. But I must say, yesterday after the show, it was very warm uh, on my way home, very warm. Usually, I, I'm dreading uh, going home because you know I I don't like wearing things over my head and scarves and all of that. But last night was really really warm. So let's see. Maybe today is just a uh, a a a typical uh, a Dutch weather day. Let's see. Hopefully, maybe tomorrow is better. Uh, we've got a very uh, a very cool show uh, this evening. We're going to be talking with a guy called Gareth Pickering, and uh, one thing I want to ask him is what he's doing in Guatemala because. Uh, yeah, usually you only go to Guatemala if you've uh, if you've committed a serious crime in in America, or you're a terrorist, or something horrible, and they send you to this. They always send you to these places in Central America, and they watch you suffer and die in like places like Guantanamo Bay, which is why they never want you to know what actually goes on in Guantanamo Bay. But we all know that they stick hose pipes up up the prisoners' asses and. They feed them that way, and you know, we all we've all seen those videos. You can't lie to us anymore, America. We've all seen those videos. So I'm going to be asking him 
what he's doing in in uh, in, uh, in Guatemala. It's uh, very interesting. He's a very interesting guy as well. In fact, all our guests are interesting. Not one guest. I don't think there's been one guest we've had on the show that I've actually not been interested talking with or to. And that's a very good thing because if I'm interested, then that means the conversation's going to be interested. Interesting. What am I saying? Interested. Interesting. Because I always used to, I always used to have to interview these people when I was on radio. People who I had no connection with, no interest in, but you know, because they are some um, content creator at Nike or some content creator on YouTube, I'd have to always speak with these people. And these people I have no interest in. But these guests that we have on the show, I love. I love every one of these guests that we that we bring for you on the show. So we're going to be talking to him and finding out not just what he's doing in, in Guatemala, but how he got there. <laughs> and some other things. He's a, he's a law of attraction coach, something I need to find more about, find out more about. So he's a very interesting guy. And uh, Morris and Natasha have been telling me that uh, he's got quite a, he's quite an energetic person. So let's see, let's see what he can bring to the table. Uh, how are we all this evening? Good evening, Natasha. Good evening, Marius. I want to ask you something, Natasha. Let's just say it's been a long week. It has been a long week. I've actually just before the show started, I thought it's only Thursday. It's no wonder they call it Thirsty Thursday. I can see why they call it Thirsty Thursday now, because by the time you get to Thursday, I mean, I don't know about you, but by the time my body gets to Wednesday, it's already packed up on me. And by the time I get to Thursday, I'm dragging my, I'm dragging my, my dead carcass around. And then by Friday, I'm just like, I'm just like, um, I'm, you know, I'm there, but I'm not there. Like I'm not in my body. It's very strange. Let's have, Let's have this conversation in 10 years. Well, it's let's even see. Worse. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, it's, I feel my body's aching. I, I have some hor horrible pains in my back and all of that. But anyway, enough about me. I always seem to tell people, I don't know why, but I always seem to tell people about how miserable my life is and how miserable my love life is. I don't know why. This isn't why I started podcasting, by the way. It's just... It just comes out. But anyway, I actually want to ask you something, Natasha. Um, mm. I was at, uh, I was at um, Media Mark uh, uh, earlier because I had to go and return something. And um, what is the... She was speaking Dutch to me, so this is why I need to ask you, right? So I had to, I had to go to the second floor because I've got a dedicated, a dedicated uh, department to return something. You can't just stand in the queue. No, no, they've got a dedicated department. Anyway, so I got my, I got my uh, my printed piece of paper with a sticker on it and my original receipts, and I went downstairs to where you go and pay. And she's speaking Dutch to me, and I'm, I have no idea what she's saying to me. She's just she was pointing at where it said I must sign uh, for my signature, so I did that. And she looked at her clock and she said, "Oh, it's um, six thirty." So I'm guessing, obviously, it, 
she was t- she was saying to me that uh, it's too late to get a refund now, but maybe tomorrow. So how long in the Netherlands does it usually take for you to get a refund? Is it usually you, three days? Look, if it's going to be put back into your account, it's usually uh, three to five working days. So Three to five uh, working I, days? Uh, I've never received a uh, refund via cash, at least not when I've returned something. So No, 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 it'll be, it'll be in my bank account. Three to five working days is what it is. Wow, okay. All right. Well, I must say, I, 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 Media Mark was very busy, but very like pre-COVID times. So, you know, obviously people were wearing face masks apart from me because it's not compulsory yet. So I was the only one there who wasn't wearing a face mask. Um, oh wait. But I actually wanted to ask you another question. Um, so you know those, you know those, um, those medical uh, masks that everyone wears and everyone throws on the floor. I think I've seen more of those masks lying on the floor than I've seen actual litter, as in Coca-Cola cans and uh, chocolate wrappers and all of that. Now, what I want to know is a lot of I've I've noticed this with a lot of people. They either they either put it on on their face and the the blue side of the mask is showing, or they turn it inside out and they and the white part of the mask is showing. So what is the correct way to use this mask? Because I'm guessing there's a there's some kind of scientific way to wear it. Or unless these people are just being different. I don't know. I would just say follow the instructions. Look, the the most the majority of these these um and they're not medi- we need to distinguish they're not medical grade masks. Medical grade masks are limited for use in hospitals and things. So yeah. the things that we we get look like medical grade masks, but they're not. They're the plain blue and white ones, and they're level one masks. According to my knowledge, the blue goes on the outside. I have seen people with white-looking masks, but then they're white on the in and on the outside. I've actually never seen someone uh, swap it around, because if you look at the way the mask is shaped, yeah. it makes sense to wear it blue side outwards. No, that's the thing. It makes sense, but that's why I was asking. I was, I'm asking the mask specialist because you wear masks. So and I've seen this a lot. I've seen these these uh, disposable masks that you get, and people turn that around. So I'm thinking maybe there's some hygienic, scientific way that they you know they're doing it. But I don't know. There's there's still a lot of things I, I need to figure out about the Netherlands. I'm still trying to figure out uh, the mindsets and how people think in this place. It's different. Well, for now, just invest in those masks, Wade, because next week you're going to be slapped with a 95-euro fine no. if you aren't uh, wearing it in public spaces. So I hope you're prepared for that. Sure, no, no. I am, Like I said, I'm, I'm taking advantage up until the last second, and then I'll wear the mask. But again, I don't even know if I'll go shopping. I might just revert to online shopping. But anyway... Um, just to let you guys all know, um, we were, we were, it wasn't just us, by the way, it was, um, there were other people that use our, our server that we, that we have, that we upload our podcasts. So you can listen to us on, on, uh, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, Amazon, we're everywhere. That's how popular the show is. Everyone wants a piece of us. 
Well, yesterday our server that we use went down. Ironically, they use Amazon servers. So I'm guessing the people who ma- who who uh, maintain the servers on Amazon's side obviously didn't get their pay from Jeff Bezos, so they probably went on strike. So that's why uh, the servers were down. I'm guessing. I'm, I don't know. But obviously it's Amazon. And the first thing that always comes to my mind when things are not going well at Amazon is either payment or poor uh, work uh, treating your staff, you know, just treating your staff like monkeys and animals. And that's the first thing that always comes to my mind about Amazon, which is why Jeff Bezos, to his credit, is a rich guy because he pays them below minimum wage. So I'm pleased to say that uh, our, our server is up and the podcast from yesterday is up on iTunes, Spotify, Google and uh, wherever else Amazon, um, but it might it might be a bit laggy. It might be a bit you know the server might be lagging a little bit. So just a heads up if you are listening to tonight's podcast and you are subscribed to the show, and you do want to perhaps listen back to another podcast, maybe there's a specific show that you just love and you keep going back to it. I do it. There's there's shows that I've saved, not my show, but there's podcasts that I've saved um, that I keep going back to because it's such a good show. It's such a good interview. So just a heads up. Uh, I'm sure by tomorrow or even by the end of this evening, it probably will be back up and running to normal. But it's better just to let everyone know and be informed because, you know, that's who we are. All right, uh, I'm going to play a song. I think we should uh, get things on the road with the show. And uh, when we come back, we will be talking with um, with uh, Gareth Pickering. And I'm very looking forward, very much looking forward to, oh my God, I hate it when I can't speak English. I hate it when I speak this child English. Um, so I'll play a song. Let's see, what song can I play today? I'm trying to avoid playing anyone who is at the Grammys um, on Tuesday because I don't want any bitches on my show. So let's see. Uh, Who wasn't at the Grammys that wasn't complaining? Or who was at the Grammys that wasn't complaining? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's play this song. It's Jess Glynn. And it feels like yours was the only heart to break When you come back home and all the lights are out And you're getting used to no one else being around Can't feel the rhythm of your heart And you're 
Jess Glynn, nice song, I'll Be There For You. Mm-mm. I like that a lot. Um, Natasha, I want to actually, I got so many questions for you tonight. I'm like a three-year-old. Um, I want to ask you something. I, I want to ask you something. It's, it's, and it's actually, um, <laughs> I, I just realized this, um, that, uh, you know, we call, we associate a female dog as a bitch, right? Yes. And we also call cats pussies. I've just realized that oh, we, you, you, we're such horrible yeah, people. Pussy cat, yeah. Yeah, no, but some people actually do say, they don't say the cat at the end, they just say pussy, you know. So what's your pussy's name? I've just realized that, um, you know, that's, that we're such horrible people. We associate, uh, we associate uh, females to animals. <laughs> it's just crossed my mind. It's just crossed my mind that now. What an insight, Wade. I know, right? We're such horrible, horrible people. <laughs> All right. I, I actually want to get, um, I actually want to get uh, Gareth onto the, onto the line. And um, we're going to chat to him about uh, what he's doing in, in uh, Guatemala and, uh, being a a uh, a voice, uh, a voice, a, a a coach and a a a a law of attraction coach. So let's get uh, let's get Gareth on the on the phone, and uh, see see where he is. Right. The joys of technology. Okay. Uh, so while Gareth is busy connecting to us, um. Let's see. Let's see what's what's happening. Okay, you see now this is very strange. This he's connected, but Marius, do you want to see what's happening? Because I can't hear anything on my side. The joys of technology, huh? In the meantime, whilst we're sorting this out, let's get into some uh Let's get into some news whilst Marius is busy playing around with this. I don't know what's happening. I'm connected, but uh, I don't see anything on my side. So, Marius, can you please see what's happening on the tech side? Um, okay, uh, let's get into some news whilst Marius is busy playing around with this. Um, I see that uh, YouTube is... Um, uh, YouTube's algorithm is uh, steering viewers away from anti-vaccination uh, anti anti videos. Uh, a new study uh, of YouTube's recommendation algorithms show the filter bubble is full in effect. Yes, I know he's online, Marius, but uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to connect to him, but I don't have any audio or any or any video feed. This is the this is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to to get. This is the joy of technology. Can you believe it? All right. So let's try. Let's try this. Hey, Gareth. Okay. Uh, I just need to. Uh, I just need to connect you to our sound desk. This is the. This is what uh, technology does to us. So give me one sec. Hang on the line. 
Right, let's try this again. I don't know what is happening here. So we're going to phone him and see. All right, let's try this again. Hello, Gareth. Sorry about this. Hey. You see, this is this is the beauty about a podcast. If this was radio, I'd have programmers and sound engineers pulling their hair out at the moment. But we got you on the we got you on the line eventually. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Um, I actually I have to ask you before we get things started. Mm. Um, you're in Guatemala at the moment, right? Yes. What are you doing there? What do I do in Guatemala? It's it's almost like. You know, I, I said earlier on the show, it's, you know, the kind of places in, in Central America, you kind of you kind of associate them with, like, places like Guantanamo Bay. You know, you only go there if you really annoy American, the, the American presidents. I'm hoping that's not the case. I hope you haven't, like, <laughs> smuggled drugs into America or something like that. It's a weird story. I, um, I didn't actually know much about Guatemala and... Uh... I decided that I wanted to spend some time in Latin America, mm-hmm. and uh, I started in Costa Rica. That was my first stop. And um, I was looking for the cheapest place to learn Spanish, and uh, it turned out that that was going to be Guatemala. And uh, I arrived here knowing very little about the place. But uh, as soon as I got here, I realized it was um, rich in culture, beautiful people. Um, it was cheap. It's got a beautiful um, uh, sort of natural um resources and um volcanoes and mountains and lakes and yeah it's a pretty epic place to to be and so uh yeah i came here for the first time probably about four years ago and i moved here and settled here two years ago so i've been in guatemala for two years and i can i can you know if 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 the if the birds in the background weren't uh any truth to that then then I don't know. It's, I can definitely hear that you're in Guatemala, and I can see that you're in Guatemala from the video. Well, if you take video. a look there, there's a view from my place with a volcano and a lake. So, yeah, man, it's an epic place to live. I didn't realize that places like this existed, but, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty happy to be here. And, um, yeah, it feels like a pretty good place to be spending this crazy uh, part of 2020. This whole lockdown story has been, um, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. How how are things in, in Guatemala? Because it's it's a country that seems to never go into the news unless people are protesting against the president or trying to oust him. So how how has Guatemala actually handled the corona process um, where you are? So there's really two answers to that question. I live in a really small village um, on the side of a volcano that uh, has less than 2,000 people here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we are sort of in a bubble to some extent. Many people growing their own food here, and there's um, sort of a hippie community that lives here. And for us, we've been pretty lucky in the fact that we we haven't uh, we haven't really had much of a, a lockdown. We spent some time where we had some um, uh, curfews and things like that, but uh, not a lot of people wore masks here. And um, hmm. but that was that was pretty fortunate, just because of where we are. Um, Guatemala City is in the news at the moment for the reasons that you spoke about. Um, the president tried to signed through some um, debt promise that the whole country was going to have to pay for in the middle of the night. And, uh, yeah, people here just seem to not take shit from from the president. And they they took to the streets. And, um, yeah, they've been protesting and things like that. But, yeah, again, uh, the whole world's crazy. Guatemala is not immune from it in any way. Um, Although, as I said, living in this tiny place has been um, a blessing. I might need to go inside. As it has started raining. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Let me just shift inside. Eh? So I was actually going to ask you, um, what you know, yeah. what do you think about you know where you know what the world is going through at the moment. You know, how do you think um, 
you know, because you've you've traveled quite a you know quite extensive extensively. I've looked at your at your bio. Um, yeah. How do you think we are dealing with this? Do you think we're we're you know dealing with it as as good as we can, or do you think we're actually doing a pretty shit job at it? I think the best way to look at it is to rather um, view it as what is the reason that we're in this position at the yeah. moment. And I think everything that we see in our reality is really just a, a reflection of what's inside of us. And that's in some ways the process of manifestation and where I've done a lot of my, my time and research and work. I think what we're experiencing now at a global level is just a reflection of our collective energies, what we're all feeling inside. And um, so the moment all of us were asked to put on masks, it was really just a physical manifestation of the fact that many of us are unable to be completely open and honest with people in our lives. We metaphorically wear masks all the time. You know, we spend time not being completely honest with you know, a different person of a different version of Gareth for my family, a different version of Gareth for my team and business. Mm -hmm. And we continually put in on these masks. And I think part of this process is what we're seeing in the outside world at the moment is a collective manifestation of everything that each of us are going through individually. And I think it's as painful as it is for all of us to be going through this process. I think it's a, it's a really necessary process because I, I don't feel like we, I think for a long time, human beings have lived out of balance. We have been way too focused on things like profit and yeah. Um, yeah, consuming and completely out of touch with one another, completely out of touch with ourselves and completely out of touch with nature. For many of us, we're completely out of touch with the balance that is nature. And I think that's just how it's showing up in the world at the moment. And so another good example of this is the collective exhale that happened when everybody was in lockdown people decided like, oh, I really wanted to stop traveling so much and I really wanted to stop moving so much and I really wanted to blah, 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 whatever that finished with, but I just didn't quite have the time. And I think collectively we all wanted it, but none of us were able to actually know how to do it. And I think, yeah, it just manifested in our world in a way that we needed it to. Well, for me, it was actually the opposite the opposite way. I, I actually wanted to go traveling and then this happened. So, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I, I, I heard... Um, so masks in 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 Guatemala, um, do you have to wear them or is it optional? Because I have no. this thing with with face masks that uh, people call me a Karen, and I don't know why they call me a Karen. It's just I don't like wearing face masks. But yes. if I'm if I'm asked to wear one, sure, yeah. then I'll put it on. So I don't know where they get the Karen from. It's just my I have views on on the face mask that it doesn't really protect you, which it doesn't, but. Anyway, that's a story for another day. So I've, I've, I've been talking about this on my show and I've been thinking about, okay, well, where in the world can I go? Can I live where there's, it's not mandatory to wear a face mask? So is it mandatory so, in Guatemala? So it depends in different places. In the city, um, they are enforcing it. Um, I, think that, I think the challenge that you have with us at the moment is not so much about whether it's enforced by the powers that be, although that, that is definitely something to consider. It's more about where the people enforce, make you wear it. You know, when, when people start policing themselves, that's, I think, the, the area that you need to look at. In the community that we live in, most of the people here, there are probably about four or 500 white faces in and amongst a, a local Mayan indigenous mm -hmm. community. And for them, um, the idea of being locked down and having to put a mask on is 
a lot more painful and a lot more detrimental to them than going out and being able to operate and work on a day-to-day basis. Many of these people are living pretty much hand-to-mouth or subsistence in some ways. So locking somebody down for a week with the potential that they could catch a version of the flu, which doesn't appear to be killing that many people, for them doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And so, yeah, yeah, for them, it's more about making sure that they can get out into the world. And so, yeah, in our community, no, it's not a requirement, but I think it is a requirement when you go into Guatemala City. So it depends on where you choose to be. From what I can tell, the bigger and more concentrated a city or a suburb, the more weird it starts to become, the more people start to wear masks. I live in a really small village, and so for us, it's not not that much of a thing. So I want to actually ask you, since we, and, I mean, and we'll get to we'll get to the to you know, some of the interesting questions I want to ask you. Um, sure. But since we're on the topic of of Guatemala, I, I actually want to ask, you know, coming from a place like South Africa and Guatemala, mm. was it a was it, you know is there a it, was there a big cultural difference or was it quite easy to adjust? Because obviously, you know, depending on where you come from in South Africa, you know, you could come from the sticks and quite easily um, um, settle in in a place like Guatemala. Um, so did you find it difficult or are you, or in general, are you the kind of person who generally just can stay anywhere you decide to go? I think um, I've generally found it easy to settle in different places. I enjoy, I was a digital nomad for five years, almost six years, Hmm. and um, that required me to be comfortable moving around quite a bit, and I traveled quite a lot, setting up in different locations, and each time I was in a different location, I found it really easy to be there. Um, I also found it very exciting to go to a new place, and so the switch between even living in a big city to living in a rural community, I found a nice contrast in my life. So I, I enjoy both of those. If I was to choose long-term, I'm really settled now and closer to nature. And uh, for all the reasons we've just spoken about, I'd rather be in a small rural community than in a big city being you know, policed and you know, shunted around in that way. So f- from that point of view, I think um, I found it pretty easy. I think mm-hmm. for a South African coming to Guatemala, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of... Um, the crime. The crime, corruption, the yeah. third world uh, nature <laughs> of, of where we are. Um yeah, and in that for me is also some beauty. It's actually one of the things I missed about South Africa. Um, I find that when I live in, when I find I live in for a first world country for a long time, a lot of the rules and regulations that are required to do simple things feels like a nanny state in some ways. Yeah. So, you know, you walk up to the top of a mountain and then there's railings and, you know, paint on the floor that you can't go too close to the edge. And it sort of starts to get to a place where you, I'm left with this feeling that I'm not able to make my own decisions anymore. Somebody has to tell me where I can and can't go. And in South Africa, we don't have that. And in Guatemala, we don't have that either. And so for all of its challenges of poverty and um, um, sort of financial gaps between the haves and the have-nots, much like we have in South Africa, I also really find it so refreshing just to be able to not have to go through all the rigmarole of small things. For example, like people being able to sell food on the street. My brother lives in Canada. If you wanted to set up a hot dog stand in Canada, you would have to get permits. You would have a health safety inspector. Like that's just not even a thing. We're here. If you wanted to make a living, you find a way to find some raw materials and you start making food on the street. And those are the the nuances that are very similar to South Africa for me. And one of the reasons I love living here. No, sure. I mean, I, I can 
totally agree with that. I mean, I've 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 lived in the UK and the UK is it's known for nan- to be a nanny state. I mean, it's so bad that there's actually signs. Now, for example, here in the Netherlands, right, you you'll get a sign that will say um don't swim in the don't swim in the canal. Don't swim in the yeah. dike, right? End of story. Yes. People know. But in the UK, there'll be a sign that will say don't swim in the canal with a man falling in. Just just to let you know, this is what will happen to you if you right. decide, okay, I'm going to go against the law and still do it anyway. So you'll see this guy like falling into the, into the, into the dike. So yes, it, 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 it is really annoying. I mean, I've, I've said that the UK is kind of like Switzerland, just with, just with 2.0 at the end, because it, the laws in, in the UK are just outrageous. They've got laws for everything. I mean, sometimes I think every day they make a new law. Yeah. And, you know, for someone like me, who I'm not saying I don't abide to the law, it's just that some of the laws that the UK has are just, it's not fit for human consumption, if I can use that, if I can think of a better word. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it, look, it's not for everyone. Um, but again, I... I that's not why I'm why I'm talking to you on, on the on the phone tonight. It's just you know, <laughs> you you know you you mentioned a very good um, example of the two countries being South Africa and and Guatemala and mm-hmm. being um, more at home in a third world country than a first world country. Mm-hmm. I have I have something to add to that that I think I don't know if it's going to be interesting, but for me it really has this this sort of vibration of compliance. This idea that. At the more signs you have and the more you tell people what to do and where to stand and how to drive and turn left here and turn right here and don't go too close to the edge, people eventually start to become more and more abiding, more and more compliant. And yeah. if, you, if you look at the big picture and you think that there's some potential global compliance or some sort of stranglehold possibility of somebody, call them dark magicians, call them whoever you want to call them, as a way to be able to control a population – that's a great way to do it. Start with these things. Get people to put a mask on and you know stand on a small mat every time they walk into a shop, which clearly has no, no, no logical reason. Eventually, you start to become more and more compliant. And I think that's potentially some of the challenge that we have. We've, we've stopped thinking for ourselves. We've stopped questioning stuff. We've just, we just take everything that we read or everything that we've been sent via the news or yeah, yeah via politicians or laws that are passed, and we assume that that's, they're always made in our best interest. And I think probably what we need to do is just start questioning those things and say, is this in our best interest? And some of them, like I agree with you, it's not about being non-law abiding. It's about saying like, are these laws that have been made to lock the entire planet down for a version of the flu that doesn't seem to be that dangerous? Like, is, are we cool with this? And if we're not, then let's do something different. Yeah, totally agree. I really like you already, Gareth. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So, tell me, what is a what is a, a reality hacker for those of the for those of those who are listening to the podcast and uh, and watching the the, the the interview? What is a reality mm. hacker? Reality hacker is a term that uh, I've been thinking about recently. Is where, it, does uh, it involve hacking on a computer? No, it, but it doesn't. <laughs> it does it, at some level. It does involve this idea of harnessing tools and technologies right. that might be an app or a smartphone for us to be able to become aware that we are creating our reality in every single moment, that we are co-creating with the mystery or with life, and that the actions that we take in every single moment make a difference in our reality. And so 
reality hacker is somebody that's aware of this co-creation process that we're involved in mm -hmm. and has installed the tools and necessary plans and systems that help them create their reality to look the way that they want. And it's a new term for me as I've started to do the work that I've been doing over the last few years because for a long time my world felt like it was happening to me. My life happened as a result of things just showing up, etc. And the more time I've spent looking at this, the more I realize that what happens in our world is very much a function of how we are in every single moment and how we choose to act and behave and feel. And some of those, a lot of those things are, are within our control. No, absolutely. Um, and even your birds, even your birds agree with you on that one. <laughs> That's so noisy. <laughs> no, honestly, this, this is this is the best interview I've ever done. I've I've never had birds on the interview. It's terrific. I, honestly, it's I'm if 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 they want to if they, if they want to chirp in, let them please let them do that. <laughs> let me go and sit outside now that the rain stopped. Keep going. Man. So tell me, how did you become interested in this in this uh, manifestation that you that you have this passion for? It started with um, me watching a documentary called The Secret. It's this um, right. documentary which talks about the law of attraction. Um, mm -hmm. When I first watched this documentary about five years ago, I had no idea what the law of attraction was. I'd never even heard of it. And uh, I watched this. I liked the idea of it, but I was a little skeptical. It, was, it couldn't be proven by science. And there was a couple of people on there that looked sort of super fluffy, super spiritual. And that automatically, I put my guard up. But I was... Um, I was interested. I guess I was curious. And um, in that way, I decided to create a vision board item because that was one of the tools that they spoke about in this, in this documentary. And uh, I created a vision board item that said $1 million in my PayPal account by December of 2016. And I was watching it in December of 2015. I then made that image my Gmail wallpaper and I subsequently forgot about it. I didn't do another thing about it. Uh, December 2016 came and went. Nothing happened. And a year later, in December of 2017, I had made some sort of not big investments in cryptocurrency a few years before. And when the crypto market went through the roof, I suddenly had an investment portfolio with a million dollars. And I was like, mm. Whoa, hold on a second. Did this happen because I made like a simple wallpaper or would this have happened anyway? And there was this real defining moment in my reality when I looked at stuff and I was like, whoa, there could be something here. And whether it's whether it would have happened anyway, it just made me pay attention. And that's really been the start of my, my journey into understanding the process of manifestation and eventually this idea of reality hacking, which is making sure that we're, we have an intentional plan for all the areas of our life that are important, like money, like relationships, like where you want to live, like what you want to do with your day each day. And uh, for many of us, that's something that we don't spend a lot of time doing. And those same people, me included, up until a few years ago, would complain about the state of the economy, the state of my business, the fact that I can't find the right partner, the fact that everything's on the outside of me without being intentional about creating a plan for these important parts of my life. And so that's really been the, the start of my journey and how I got interested in, in manifestation. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we always come up with the, with the negatives of, of this. I mean, I can think of a handful of negatives as to, you know, why my life isn't as what, it, what I thought it would be like. You know, we all we all have this. Um, so, do you think that you know someone putting up a a wallpaper on their phone or on Facebook or whatever helps them mm -hmm. to achieve whatever a goal or target it is that they are wanting to achieve? Does it give you the motivation 
Because I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if if I can uh, uh, stick to something like that. I think it does take a lot of dedication. Um, but do you think the do you think this this works? Do you think it's 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 a it's a it's a good method to to have if you want to achieve something? It's a great question. Um, Yes and no. I think th- I think what it does is a starting point. It gives you a clear direction. And for many people, they don't even have that. No, but it's like, not like the only me. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it's not like you put the wallpaper up and that's the thing, and then you just forget about it and do nothing about it. What it requires an ongoing process of starting to the process of manifestation. From what I understand, mm-hmm. is this way of being like the way that you want to be. So if you want to be a fit, healthy person, what would a fit, healthy person do right now? hamburger or go for the run and in every single moment you have these choices of how you want to be and if you know that you want to be the fit healthy person the idea is to start living like that person now because you understand this reality hacker term again that what I do right now in this present moment affects the future version of myself yeah and so you know we can all look back and say okay I'm carrying 10 extra pounds from Christmas and I'm going to definitely start tomorrow but the thing about time is that Time is just relative. All we have is this present moment. We have right now. And when we get off this call, it'll still be now. And we still won't have quite gone for the run yet because we're going to start at a different time. But it's what you do right now and how you start to feel right now, whether it's health, wealth, abundance, your business, how you act in this moment aligned with a clear plan, which includes maybe something like a vision board item or a wallpaper on your phone or something like that. Those things really just, for me, create a reference point and a reminder to be the person that I want to start to be, whether it's healthy, wealthy, in love, moving around the world, whatever those things are. And so I don't think the the wallpaper on its own makes a difference. I think it's one of the tools to anchor in and create these moments of presence in your day when you look at your phone or your wallpaper and go, what does it feel like to have a million dollars in my bank account? What do I do now as a way to start getting that, you know, move in that direction as opposed to, fuck, I wish I had a million dollars. Anyway, I've got so much shit in my life at the moment and I can't quite get there. And then you're not being the person that you want to end up being. And so that's my understanding of manifestation. So the tools are there and this is the work that I'm doing to develop these tools to to help bring us back into the present moment and to say, am I okay feeling the way I am now? Am I comfortable being this person in this situation right now? And if I'm not, we have the choice to change that. eh? And so, yeah, on, on its own, I don't think so. But I mean, it's still better than most people. Most people are like, oh, I want more money. And you say how much? And they're not sure. It's like if you wouldn't go on holiday without having a plan. Sure. But most people don't take a few moments to create a plan for their life. And then those same people complain when their life sucks. But they have no idea what, what doesn't suck. You know, <laughs> and they're not clear about what that other part is. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I know a handful of people who fit this description that you've just mentioned. Who I mean, I'm the kind of person where... You know, if you're seeking motivation, I can give you the motivation I think will work, but it's down to you to make it, you know, to use it or not use it. And one thing I cannot stand is you get people who come to you for motivation. So you give them motivation, but then they they don't use it and then they still complain. It's like, hang on, no, no, you don't have any right to complain because you've asked someone for this help, for this bit of a boost this morale booster, and someone's given you their uh, a vision of of a uh, um, of motivation, and 
you don't do it. Or they go in the completely opposite direction. And it just irritates me. That. I mean, I know someone who is... Uh, they, they, they seek this. They, they seek this kind of attention. Um, and I, I figured, I figured that you know what? I'm not going to give you this anymore. In regards to, I'm not going to lead you to the direction you need to do or the path you need to take. Because every time you are, you come to me and ask me, you always go the the full 360 degrees and you go the opposite way. And it's like you know what? Fuck you. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> And it, it yeah. literally irritates me this. So I think some people just do it just out of or maybe boredom or maybe they just want to it maybe it's also got to do with selective it's it's got it's it's down to what they want to hear. And if it's not what they want to hear, then they're not gonna do it. Yeah. I know that part well. It comes it comes pretty frequently to me in the work that I'm doing. A lot of people reach out and they they have this like longing for for some other version of yeah. themselves or some other story. And two things happen. One of them is that the the work required between where they are now and where they want to be, they deem of, it to be too great. Yeah. You know, they think it's just too much work to be this person that I think I want to be. So that that could be the first thing. And the other thing is that for many of us, and this may sound counterintuitive, it's like often the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. For the idea that I have to um, do something different is potentially going to change my existence. It's going to be more difficult, and I don't know what it looks like to be this other person where at least I know where I'm at now. At least I know you know, I have the same problems in my life that I had yesterday. I, they're the same as the day before and the day before that, and at least I know that. And there's a part of the animal that feels safe by knowing what's coming. We may not like it, and it may not be our ideal state, but at least it's safe. And the idea of you know making the animal feel uncomfortable is actually more difficult than it's worth. And so there's a part of that that I think um, is a big challenge for people, just moving into a place of um, of the unknown. And then also the sort of the the victim creator role. As long as as long as you blame the outside world on your state, you're okay. You you know I don't have to be in shape because. I've got whatever my story is. I don't, yeah. you know, my parents were overweight or I've got something, something, whatever that is. Suddenly when you have that story, you're protected by that story. When you realize that you're the creator of every single experience that you have, you suddenly have to say, okay, I'm the one responsible for not having the things that I want in my life. And it's, it's a lot of responsibility to take that because as soon as you realize that there's nobody else coming to save you or you're the only one responsible, <laughs> suddenly your stories don't make sense anymore. No one, no one gives a shit. You know, it's just up to you to to change your story. And so sometimes it's easier just to stay in that story for some people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there there are some people that that do choose the wrong career, and especially you know, if you if you're going to take a, a career um, in in music or or radio or television or whatever, you are going to be criticized on a daily basis. And if you can't handle that criticism. You're not. You're not gonna. You know. Cause again, you you alluded to it just a few minutes ago. A lot of people see this vision of, you know, a, a TV presenter or a radio DJ or whatever, earning a lot of money, posting pictures on Instagram, living the life. But if, you know, if you can't handle the criticism and you're gonna uh, break, then you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong industry. You know, because you got to all the. You know. In order to achieve this dream, you've got to be able to take the negatives and build on that and, you know, better yourself. 
And unfortunately, there's too many people in, you know, in the wrong industry. I'm not saying it's, it's media in general, but, you know, there's many people who, who I mean, sports, sports people, you know, you, you comment on a, a South African cricketer and you tell them they are shit bowler and then they get all offensive. <clears throat> no, we, we're saying that so you can better yourself. It's all about taking that in and saying, okay, well, Wade's just called me shit. How can I better that? How can I make myself better? So it's taking that and then taking the negatives and, you know, getting rid of it and bringing in more positives. Mm. Who, who do you who do you see as uh, criticizing people making career choices like in going into radio and stuff like that? Uh, I would say people who go on Instagram a lot and they see all of this and they say, oh, this looks like a nice career. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. And they have mm. no talents. They have no personality. And then when they do get this job and the, the manager or the producer or whoever tells them, look, you're not really good. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they, they, they can't handle it. Mm. So it's, look, it's certain people make the wrong decisions in certain careers. And I think if you are going to do this career that you think is all glamorous, then you need to be able to be tough and build on that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, Again, I'm not, I'm not sure to lambast on, on people making wrong choices. I just think that if you are going to choose a career, you need, to be, you need to be prepared for people to tell you the negatives and build on that. It's not, it's not yeah. all negatives. So if you see yourself as if in, in, I don't know, a year's time or two years' time or whatever, mm-hmm. if you see yourself as being the top-rated TV personality or the top-rated radio DJ, yes, it's going to take a lot of hard work to get there. So if your station manager is telling you that you're rubbish, okay, maybe you are rubbish, but he's telling you that because he wants to build you up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, so tell me, does money does money play a role in 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 having a perfect life? I mean, they say money buys happiness, but <laughs> does it play a role in this? Does it does it play a role in people living a, a better life or perfect days? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can talk about, or we can talk about the current uh, um, situation now. Not a lo- not a lot of people have money because they're all losing their jobs. So yeah, you know, does is this the case? Does money make the world go round? As my mother always used to tell me, it doesn't. But does it? <laughs> <laughs> I think money is probably up there with um, sex and power as one of the good at least sex is still there that's good yeah but i mean i think one of the um energetic concepts that we give a huge amount of our attention to and um we've grown up in a society where we need to make more money for many people um my world particularly where i lived in south africa um a lot of your personal validation was linked to how much money you made. It was some sort of indicator of status or success or some sort of achievement in your life. And so for, for that, I think um, we have a lot of work to do to unwind our money stories and to realize that for many of us, the amount of money that we think we need isn't, probably isn't nearly as much as we, we believe that we need. Um, I also think that for many of us, we get stuck on the the internal treadmill of continuing to have to make more and more money with a view that somehow not having money is linked to the most potentially dangerous thing we have. Like our safety is inherently linked to money. 
But I think this keeps us trapped. It keeps us really, really stuck on the hamster wheel of continuing to make more money, to buy things, often those things we don't need because, again, there's some sort of status or validation linked to those, those items or experiences somehow. But I think the most important thing for me is that when we're stuck in that money loop of either chasing money or living in fear that we're not going to have enough money, yeah. we don't do the things that we would do in our lives if we weren't worrying about money. Sure. And so for me, that's, I call it soul work. What, what were we sent here to do? What is the thing that Wade was sent to do? What was Gareth sent to do? Have you given yourself permission to ask that question, first of all? And if you're continually on a treadmill of having to work 40, 50 hours a week in order to pay your bills or whatever it is that you've accumulated in your life, many people don't have the time to even breathe. They sit down after a heavy week and all they want to do is smoke weed, drink beers, and just let off some steam. And who can blame them? Like, that's the nature of what it is. But this, again, I think is coming up again in this in the coronavirus thing that we're seeing in the world where many people are just being asked and called into question about what's really, really important. And I think when we look at it, money plays a role, but it's not the only role. I think we've all been sent here to do different things. And um, if we can break that 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 bond that money has on us, that hold that money has on us, all over. Um, we can really get to a place where we can be open and all of us on, yeah, be open and be able to um, do our soul's work to find out what it is that we want to be able to do and to show up fully in our communities and our families for ourselves to be able to be the artist that we want to be. It's not about going to change the world. It's just about doing things that make you feel at ease. And I think many of us are so stuck in a money story that we just don't even give ourselves the time to be able to do that. And that's, that's the role that I see money playing. And it definitely was true for me. And some days it's still true for me. Like I know this, you know, I know it's cerebrally, but I, you know, the feeling in my body of like, oh, am I going to have enough is still a thing. And it's, it's years and years of conditioning of, especially living in South Africa. I think we have this story of like, if you don't have enough money, you're going to be the guy at the traffic light you know, begging with a, you know, a dustbin bag to try and make ends meet. And that was sort of instilled in us like it was wealth or that. There's mm -hmm. no in between. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We need, to let go of that. we need to let go of that and, you know, just realize that for most of us, money will come to us. We'll all be, always be able to bring in enough money to be able to pay our bills. And yeah, and the, the part that you spoke about earlier of going to find your ideal, you know, career path of being the radio DJ that you want to be is Follow, follow your happiness and you'll see that money will find you. You'll find a way to make a living from whatever it is that you choose to do. Well, if you, if you are interested in, in managing your money, I'm sure mm -hmm. uh, Gareth can, can help you with that. Uh, if you go into www.livemoreperfectdays.com slash WS, there's a, a money training series. And uh, you can go on there. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll show you all about how to manage your money properly and make these wise decisions. Uh, and I, I, I tell you, I, I have bad, I'm bad with money. And it's, it's only now that I've realized, you know, when I go to the shop and I see a new, I mean, I, I don't do it a lot, but when I do go to the shop, to the shop and I see a new pair of sneakers or a t-shirt and I'm like, hmm, that's nice, but do I really need it? Yes. It's all about telling yourself, you know, it's nice, but do I really need it? Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, I've also become a minimalist since I've been traveling over the last few years. Yeah. And it's been a, it's been a really liberating process to realize Absolutely. how little we need to live. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So go on to uh, www.livemoreperfectdays.com slash WS. And it's, it's a WHS. WHS. Sorry. Wade Hutchinson Show. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Wade Hutchinson Show. Yes. <laughs> Abbreviated for Wade Hutchinson Show. Yes. So type in uh, WHS and uh, you can learn about uh, money training series and all about how to train yourself to be a better person and to say to yourself, do you need these sneakers? No, you don't. <laughs> you don't need them. They look nice now, but they, after a few days, they're going to be dirty and it's just going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. So <laughs> go onto the website. I think it's a, it's a terrific uh, uh, thing to do because uh, there are a lot, a lot of people who do listen to the show and I'm not saying all my, all, all, all our listeners are gamblers, but, um, if you if you do have money problems, www.livemoreperfectdays.com forward slash WHS, which is abbreviated for the Wade Hutchinson Show. Go do yourselves a favor. Thank so you. So, what do you think? Or how do you think? Um, uh, how do you think we should live more perfect days? Because we spoke about money, but how do you how do, mm -hmm. how should we live more perfect days? What's the well, key? What's a, the answer? The, the key. The key for me is coming back to this part that I said originally is like many of us um, aren't even sure what a perfect day would look like or we haven't yeah. given ourselves the opportunity to be able to define what that would be. Like what does a perfect day look like for you? Does it require waking up? Um, we've got a perfect day exercise and the reason we called livemoreperfectdays.com is that really this um, uh, reality hacking system that we've built really starts off by having a simple and clear plan for your life. And mm -hmm. that analogy that I had earlier of um, people not, you wouldn't go on holiday without a plan, but you, most people go through their entire life without taking the time to plan it. And so how do you live more perfect days? First of all, decide what a perfect day looks like for you. Give yourself permission to dream. Give yourself the opportunity to, um, to design a perfect day. I'll give you an example right now, and this is something that your listeners can do right now. Turn off your phone. Find a coffee shop or a quiet place, grab a notepad and a pen, and write down what your perfect day would look like from beginning to end if you could live it. When you do this exercise, write it free from any of the current constraints that you have in your world, like where you live, around money, whatever those things might be. Allow yourself to dream about what a perfect day would look like if it was perfect for you. So I wake up without the sound of an alarm clock to the birds chirping uh, I live somewhere close to water and I spend the first hour of my day doing yoga or exercise and you go through it in, in that level of detail, describing also how you feel in your perfect day. What do you feel like when you wake up next to your ideal partner? Bearing in mind that may not yet be in your life. You may have your ideal You should probably think, oh God, not this guy I'm waking up next to. <laughs> God. Have the chance to write down exactly what it is that you want and allow yourself to dream and I think for many people, if you just go through that exercise and allow yourself maybe half an hour to write down what your life would look like, how you want to make a living, how you want to show up in the world, and just file that away, magic happens. And the, there's another small story here where I, I, someone shared this exercise with me probably about 15 years ago. I wrote it down because I'm, I've always done sort of personal development type yeah. stuff. I wrote down the exercise and I completely forgot about it. Hmm. Um, I then went through my life in Johannesburg, I set up my business, and then um, I went traveling, and when I was sitting on a beach in India, about six months into my travels, I decided, I'd made the decision then, that I was going to travel full-time, I wasn't going back to Johannesburg in my life the way that it looked then, and I was like, okay, let me get my life together, let me plan a few things out, and I opened up my laptop, and I went through my folders, under the goals folder, I saw this thing called My Perfect Day, and 
when I opened this exercise that is probably about 10 years old and I haven't looked at it since I first did it, I read my perfect day then. And when I'd written it, I was living in Johannesburg and my perfect day looked nothing like my current day. But now sitting on a beach in India, reading this perfect day 10, 10 years later, my life looked exactly the way that I'd written it down 10 years earlier. And mm. it still blows my mind about how the stuff happens when you take the time to do it. And it's, it's another one of these, just these, like the universe giving me a slap on the side of the head to say, this is what I should be doing. And so, yeah, when I realized that in order to live a perfect day, we probably just need to take the time to define it. That's really the answer to the question is give yourself the permission to dream and define what a perfect day looks like for you. And it doesn't have to look anything like your current day. And it doesn't have to look anything like my perfect day or Wade's perfect day. Just go ahead and do it and design it as, as it would be perfect for you. And then just trust and surrender and see what happens. <laughs> I must say the, the 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 vibe that I'm getting from you is you you're quite a happy-go-lucky guy, and I, that's a very good thing because there's not a lot of people in this world who are, you know, ha, who have the same kind of vibe as you do, and it's very it's 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 very nice to talk to you because you know I'm getting kind of like a a sense of a woosa woosa kind of a feel, and it's it's great. Um, do you think do you think with with uh, do you think um, writing these things down, uh, these, uh, these, these, uh, this perfect life for you, writing it down? Do you think it's 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 helped you a lot? So it does, and I, I've got continual writing practices that that I have in my life, including including writing down um, how I want my day to go. I've got a morning routine where I write down a future state of my day, and so mm -hmm. I think they do. There's 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 something really powerful about words. Um, in fact, that's why we spell words because it's basically magic. There, there's, there's, each word is a vibration, and if you take the time to be intentional about how you want your life to look by doing this perfect day exercise, and for me, I've got a morning routine called a pregame where every single morning I write down that I want to have an engaging, flowing, inspiring conversation with Wade because I know what's happening in my day-to-day. -day. When you write those things down, your mind goes through the process of linking the things that you have already set into motion and they start to show up in your world. And so I believe that it's a really powerful tool. Um, it supports me and the thousands of people inside our community that have been intentional about creating a plan for their life, that have installed these simple morning routines where you wake up in the morning, you write down three things you can be grateful for and then write down how you want your day to go. And then weirdly, most of the time your day goes exactly like that. And some days it doesn't. And you're okay with that. You're accepting of exactly what comes your way. But for many people, they haven't taken the time to decide how they want their day to go. And so the world sort of takes them. I'm very conscious of how much time I spend on social media. I don't read the news because I'm aware of how I feel in my body all the time. And for me, that's the indicator about whether I'm aligned with the things that are important. And if I start to feel uncomfortable because I've spent three hours looking at people on Instagram or reading BBC News about the end of the world, like it just pulls me off my center in a way that doesn't doesn't serve me in any way. So yeah, I think the, the writing exercises definitely do make do make a difference. And that that morning routine and that pregame is something you can do for anything. You can do it before you're going on a date. You can do it before a new job. You can do it before each podcast. Write down three things you're grateful for and write down a couple of adjectives about how you want it to go. And then just see them going exactly the way that you write them down. I, it's it's I, I it's it's all it's all about how you how you make it work. I mean, yeah, if, 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 like you say, if, if you want to be a successful person, 
you you know that you know it, it you know you know what it takes to get there um and it's just it's it's unfortunate and i go back to to the to the, the, the original conversation we were having with with career choices where you know people have this vision of being whatever they want to but they always see the end to it and that's great because you see yourself Meaning? as a successful as a successful yes. person but you don't right. you don't understand you know the middle part of it how to get there and the hard work mm-hmm. so i think it's also mm-hmm. it's 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 what you make it out to be you know you can either have this vision and say oh i'm going to be like gareth and have this very nice life but uh, I don't really want to work that much. I don't really want to do as much as I'm supposed to to get there. And it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's like me. Like, I have ADHD. So, you know, on, on any project that I would do, whether it be a school project or a project for the radio, mm-hmm. with my ADHD, once I'm, if I'm interested in something, there's no, there's no stopping me. I will, mm-hmm. I will do it until you know, I've completed it and I won't just do it. I will make sure I'm doing a, a terrific job at it. Mm-hmm. But um, if, you know, if there's something I'm not interested in, you can tell me all about, uh, you know, your 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 daily sessions. As, you know, you do yoga in the morning and you drink coffee and you write down, what you know, whatever it is that you do in the day. If I'm not interested in that, I'm literally just not going to, I'm not going to tell myself, okay, well, this is what I need to do to have a good day. So it's almost mm-hmm. like I need to be interested in whatever it is uh, to make me to make me want to uh, achieve something. Yeah, I think um, it it almost doesn't matter what you're saying is 100 percent correct. I think it almost doesn't matter about the process, and I'm not suggesting yeah. that my process is the best. It's what works for me, and it's the one that I've been t- developing and teaching. It has more to do with self responsibility. It has more to do with finding out whatever it is that makes you tick, whatever it is that gives you juice. And if there's stuff in your life that you're not digging, have the the balls and the self-responsibility to say, you know what, I actually don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this job. I don't like this relationship. These things make me unhappy. My relationship with the news is something I've made a conscious decision about. It doesn't make me feel good, so I've, I've cut it out. I can continue to go back there and bump my head and feel frustrated and tell myself that the world is a, a mess. And that's not going to serve me even more. It just makes me a person that I don't feel like I, that serves me. And so that's my call on it. But, you know, people have the same thing. You know, they want to go and do all these other things in their life. But, uh, yeah, the, the part of self-responsibility is really the part of we. you need to do whatever you need to do to get there, to show up. And there's, everyone's got a way. You know, it's not only the Live More Perfect Days way or Gareth Pickering's way. Mm. There's different ways to get to wherever you want to. And, yeah, happiness is, is a choice, but it requires making some decisions. And some of those decisions are boundaries. And it's such an important part of of this reality hacking process of like realizing where actually I don't want to be caught down. So therefore I put a hard boundary around this relationship or the news or whatever it is. Absolutely. I mean, again, you know, obviously I have social media because of what, of what it is that we do here. But if I, if, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I can quite easily stay off social media for a year, two years. Cause I, it doesn't really, uh, interests me a lot. I mean, most people, if you go on Facebook right now, most people will be bitching about their life and how sad their life is. You know, it's, it's nothing new. And, you know, again, it's the same as Twitter. It, it goes down to who you follow. If you want to follow negative people, then obviously it's going to affect you. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, 
I hardly I hardly go onto social media anyway, or my personal accounts. But you know, because obviously yeah. of what of what it is that we're doing, yeah, being an online uh, company, we, you know, I do check in now and then just to see what the what the audience are doing and what our figures are and all of that. So it is, you know, it mm. it's it is what it is that we do. So I have to be involved on that side. But since we're talking about online um, stuff. Tell me about yeah. um, talk to me about your your free uh, your your freedom fighter blog because it, it used to be called that, and now it's called Freedom. Is that correct? Uh, it used to be called the Freedom Fighter. Yes, um, that was my my blog before, and it sub- subsequently changed into Live More Perfect Days, which right. is uh, the online community that I have now. So does yeah, that have any fighter. relation to to being a so basically a freedom fighter? So is that telling someone you you need to be a strong person in order to achieve something you know i think when i my first blog when i first set out on the road for my first six months that idea when i was going to first go traveling um i had this blog called go with gareth and i rushed into the idea of i needed to have a blog because i was going to be the guy that blogged while i traveled and i wrote a little bit for friends and family back home and then i realized that i needed to rebrand and i realized at the time i think i had this realization that i wanted to be free and i think i was experiencing all these sort of high vibe emotions of not having to check in at an office and having a life that looked different to the life that I had for so many years leading up until that moment. And so freedom at that point became my highest value. And um, I was looking for a name to rebrand to and I chose the Freedom Fighter. And if I'm to be honest, for the three years that it existed, I don't think I ever really resonated that much with it. And the reason I ended up rebranding was like, I don't really feel the part of having to fight for freedom. I think freedom is a choice. Um, I think that it's something that we're, all inherently able to achieve, even if you're, you know, Nelson Mandela claimed that he was free the entire time he was locked because of his stoic practices and his ability to be able to maintain his presence and maintain his mind. You can't take someone's freedom from them if, if you, if you, if you, they control their own mind. And so, I think the fighting part for me never really resonated. And so, when I decided to rebrand, I had already had this experience of sitting on the beach in India and having this perfect day manifest in my life and being like, whoa, this, this is. There's something happening here. And at the same time, because of social media, um, I had been sharing some of my travels and quite a few people who I didn't necessarily know that well had reached out to me and said, hey, please, can you help me change my life? And I've never been a coach before. I'm like, sorry, bro, wrong number. I'm just sitting on a beach smoking weed. Like, I have no idea. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. I think you've got the wrong number. But it kept on it kept on coming up and people kept on reaching out to me. And obviously there was something in the way that I was living my life that people felt felt compelled to reach out. And uh, so I did my first call, which I didn't charge in this, this person for. And a couple of weeks later, they had gone through the entire process that we had spoken about. And it really, I didn't even give them any advice except for tell my story. And uh, yeah, they then became a digital nomad. They rented out their home started working on super yachts and yeah, now she's traveling around South Africa in a camper van and she was my first client per se. And I was like, wow, that felt amazing. And it, yeah, it sort of landed for me that that could be what I wanted to do. And so when I rebranded from the freedom fight, I was like, what do I want to be called? And so it was really about helping people live more perfect days. And uh, it, it basically came together as this idea of creating an intentional and conscious plan for the important areas of your life. That's the perfect day exercise that we spoke about. Mm-hmm. And then how do you have the tools and the technology to be able to be intentional about using the smartphone in your pocket that can be the same thing that makes you unhappy because you go into Twitter. 
could be sending you a, a gratitude reminder or the wallpaper that reminds you to be the person that you want to be or the tools exist. You can use them however you choose to. It's the intention with which you choose to set them up. And so, yeah, and so that's how the Freedom Fighter became Live More Perfect Days. It's funny how when, we, when we're on holiday um, on a beach, we, we, always get, we always seem to, uh, to get this, 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 this mind, this thought in our mind of what it is that we want to be or what it is that we want to do. Uh, you just said it now. You were sitting on a beach in India and, you know, you decided, okay, you, you don't want to go back to Johannesburg and carry on with your job. This is what you want to do. We had a guest on a, a while ago, and he's he's going to be he's brought up he's brought out a book he's released a book and it's called uh, Plan B. So it's all about people who, you know, have this vision to start a business, and we always again you know we have this vision but we don't have a plan B. So what's your plan B? So if your business fails, what are you going to revert to? And again, he was sitting on a beach. And he got this idea of, okay, well, let me write a book and tell people about my life experiences of coaching people, starting my own businesses. And I think it's terrific what you're doing and what he's done. And what's funny is I wasn't on a beach when I thought about this this company. I was actually in Germany. But, you know, we all get these crazy ideas when we're in Germany about taking over the world and, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 interesting how... You know, when we when we're at ease, when our mind is at ease, that seems to be that seems to be when we when we think a lot more uh, clearer on okay, well, this is what I really want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. So, okay, well, how am I going to do it? So it's very it's very interesting. And um, what I actually want to talk to you about is um, uh, you you're you're a dedicated athlete, and I, I can see you quite athletic. So talk to me about all these various uh, uh, ultra marathons that you've <laughs> that you've taken part <laughs> in. Um, you've you've done Ironman triathlons. You've cycled five thousand kilometers across Africa um, on a single yeah. on a single speed bicycle uh, to fundraise for children's education, um, which yeah. is I think is a terrific cause. Um, you. And your next upcoming uh, physical adventure is a is the seven day ultimate Guatemala challenge. Now, when mm. is this taking place? Um, and yeah, talk to me about all of these things that you've done. This, this is quite an impressive CV that you have. <laughs> I mean, you're not just good. You're not just a good mentor. You're also quite a good athlete as well. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Um, yeah, I've always had uh, physical exercise be a part of my life, and um, from a young age, I've got a bicycle, and I just used to ride everywhere. I used to love cycling, and so. I did quite a lot of mountain biking and then I did my first cycle race and I really enjoyed that. And so I kept on with that. And at the same time I was running a bit. And so, um, I've done two comrades in South Africa, which is the mm-hmm. 89 kilometer Durban to Peter Maritzburg route. And, um, it's just always been part of my life. I think, um, if I'm to be honest in my old life in South Africa, I was, I was pretty much living my life in the red, in red line. Like I was, I was all in. I would wake up super early, then go to gym, then go to work, then have my first meeting, then go out and get drunk until like one o'clock in the morning and then be at the gym the next morning. And it's like there, was a, hmm. there wasn't a lot of balance and there wasn't a lot of spaciousness, but somehow I thought that doing these extreme things at the time was sort of balancing out the other parts of my life. And so there was that for a while. Um, the ride from Joburg to Kili was uh, from Joburg to Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. It was the 5,000 kilometers to raise money for um, Quebecer, which is a bicycle um, 
organization in South Africa. They provide bicycles for kids that need to walk more than like three or four miles to get to school. And they've realized that is when kids have the opportunity to get to school easier, they attend school more frequently. And then the knock-on effect from that is, is obviously better education. And so education and technology are two of my highest values. And I really think that those are two pieces when they work well together. I think the education system globally needs to change. And it's a separate conversation that I think we can get into at probably another time. But um, I think when we have the ability to be able to deliver a world-class education that's been done intentionally with the decreasing cost that technology allows, I think we're really going to be able to solve many of the challenges we have in the world at the moment. And so cycling from Joburg to Kili on that single-speed bicycle, where it was a team of four of us, was um, was a really, really powerful opportunity. We rode uh, into Botswana, then through Malawi, um, Zambia and then up into Tanzania and it was uh, yeah about 10 weeks on the bike and then we climbed Kilimanjaro so uh, yeah like a fundraising event so that was that was amazing and then the one that's coming up now is called the Ultimate Guatemalan Challenge um, yeah. I'm really excited because it's um, something I'm doing with my partner Araminta she's never done any of this stuff before um, but uh, it's basically takes place over a week we start in the capital and we fly to a place called Tikal um, and we do a two-day jungle trek uh, to some ancient Mayan ruins, watch the sunrise come up there. Uh, from there, we head back to the capital, and we do a overnight trek to Volcan Akatanango, which is a an active volcano here in Guatemala, camp on the side of the mountain, and come back down. And then the last stretch is a paddle across Lake Atitlan, which is actually the lake that I live on here. Right. And uh, we paddle from one side to the other, and this is all to raise funds for a project called ODIM and they have this program called the Healthy Mommy and Me um, program and basically what they do is they've identified the critical first thousand days of a child's life as being really fundamental in their development process. The problem is that when they're malnourished, they don't get a lot of the um, nutrients that are required for healthy bodies, healthy minds, as well as the um, yeah, future development of, of that of that child. So they basically support mothers and, and their babies in the first thousand thousand days of that child's life. And we're raising mm-hmm. money for, for that organization. And so if anybody wants to support that, they can go to garethpickering.com forward slash support. And uh, yeah, we're fundraising for that. And uh, that's coming up in January. So we're busy training for that at the moment. I mean, I'm, I'm, I must say doing 5,000 kilometers across Africa on a single seater bicycle is quite an achievement. I mean, obviously living in the Netherlands, riding a bicycle is just the norm here. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I ride up to 20 kilometers and I'm dead. So, <laughs> I mean, how did you, how was your ass after 5,000 kilometers? It must have been pretty wrinkly and horrible. You, you probably couldn't sit down after that. It was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough the first few days because I, I did it after not riding a bike for a long time. I've sure. done a lot of cycling, but I hadn't done a lot of bike training when I got on the bike. The, it's, honestly, it's just one of those things that gets easier, actually. The first week was tough, and from the second week, you don't even notice it. It was, uh, yeah, and it wasn't super hectic. We were probably doing about 100 and something Ks a day, um, and we took it super easy. We didn't race anywhere. It was uh, really an experience to be sure. able to enjoy Africa from the back of a bike. It was a, it was a huge gift. It was a, a really amazing opportunity and experience. I mean, it's it's. I, I I take my hat down to a lot, to people that do stuff like this. I mean, it it's not something I can do, but you know, I it, I mean, you're a fit guy, so it, yeah, I take my hat off to you and to other people that do 
that do this stuff for noteworthy uh, uh, causes, like you know, better education, um, um, uh, uh, women's rights, and all of that. So I think it's it's a terrific uh, cause that's that you're that you're doing. It's you Thank know, it's, you. it's it's one to it's one that we can all be inspired to want to do. Um, Thank you. Man. There's a lot of things in this in this world that you know we can bring a lot of goodness to. Yeah. Now, very quickly, um, can you give can you give some of our audience um, mm-hmm. some lifestyle design tools that they can install in their in their lives right now? What can they mm-hmm. what what tools can my audience? I mean, I've always said my my audience are quite intelligent people because you know it's it's a podcast. So in order to in order to find a podcast, so for example, if you had a podcast and you were talking about the law of attraction and their life hack and life hacking and all of that. People mm-hmm. will go out their way to personally search for that stuff. You know, so it takes yeah. a lot of time to to find and all of that. So it's 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 a it's a real time consuming thing. And I've always said, you know, anyone who listens to us, you're a very clever person. It's not like radio. You when you turn it on and it's it's there. It's in the background. It's easy. Anyone right. can do that. So tell us what uh, what life design okay. tools. So lifestyle design is the same thing. It's really this idea that um, we are able to design our lives by being intentional and having plans for the parts of our lives that are important. And so really it starts for me with that perfect day exercise mm-hmm. because in my world and my languaging, the perfect day exercise really creates a, a strategic direction for your life. If you're, if you're faced with a big decision in your life and you're not sure which way to go, like should I do this or should I do that, I use the perfect day exercise as a as a yardstick to say, is the decision that I'm making now getting me closer to or further away from more perfect days? And that's that's how I live my life. If, if the answer is taking me further away from perfect days, either I've got to make the other choice or I can intentionally say, I'm taking this job for a while. It's not my perfect day, but it's going to give me the bucks that I need that in two days, two months time or two mm-hmm. years time, I can blah, blah, blah. But at least it's been intentional. So the perfect day exercise is really the, in my opinion, the, the foundational core of the work that I'm doing. So you, you have a plan for your life. Um, the second one is uh, the daily pregame. I think that's, I touched on that earlier. When yep. you wake up in the morning before you, I do it when I am doing my morning admin on the toilet. I have a, an app on my phone. I write down three things that I'm grateful for and I write down a list of things that I want to happen in my day today. And I know that today I have a podcast interview and I'm going for a walk later and whatever those things are, and I just write down how I want those things to go. Um, so that's a really powerful tool as well that you can use. And just try these things. You might not see the results on the first day or the second day or the third day, but just stick with them and do them and just be intentional. And again, like the perfect day exercise, it's just about giving yourself the permission to have the day that you want to have today that would be perfect for you. It, you know, you might not love the job that you're in, but for now, at least you're going and you're showing up and you write down that you have good interactions with your coworkers or beautiful people keep coming into my life, but you write down positive things that you want to show up in your day. So the daily pregame would be a second one that you could use. Um, the third is a, is journaling. Um, journaling is a really, really powerful way to be able to, um, as I said, spell the words out so that your, your world can unfold almost like magic. And so um, the technique that I'll share now is called future state journaling, where you take the time to write down in present positive tense, Mm -hmm. what the future version of yourself looks like. So let's say, for example, um, I am going for a job interview and it's a big thing for me in my life. I've 
I want to go through this process. What you do is you write down exactly how you want it to go as though you had already happened. Job interview went so well. I answered all the questions amazingly. I engaged whatever. And you just write and write and write and allow your mind just to future state exactly how you want that experience to be. And you write that down and allow yourself to write, you know, a page or two inside your journal. Again, turn your phone off, be intentional about what you're doing. But it's such a powerful way to just really open up your mind to be able to hold the potentiality of that experience in a way that is intentional for you. And again, many of us don't do that. We're like, okay, I've got a job interview today. And we just sort of race in there and hope yeah. for the best. And quite often it just ends up unfolding pretty much based on your vibration of what you went into there. So if you're rushing in there and you were nervous, then it'll be rushed and nervous. But if you took the time to be intentional about it going super smoothly and you listened carefully and you asked the right questions and you listened and whatever you wrote down in your future states, it's a, it's a really, really powerful tool that I use all the time. And um, yeah, a lot of people in my community use as well. I must say, I'm, I'm truly, uh, I, I, I say this all the time whenever, whenever I talk with, 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 with guests that we have on the show. And it's true. I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm talking with you guys. I honestly, every time we have a guest on the show, I mean, we've had guests from that do all kinds of things. And I'm always inspired by, you know, your story and how you got there. And it's truly, it's, it's mind, it's, it's mind blowing. Um, and I'm truly, I really am inspired by, by what you've done. I mean, you've, you, 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 you just left everything, you left your life and you started this new venture and it's it's terrific to see, you know, what, what it is that you're doing. I mean, you're, you're very dedicated, you're very um, uh, uh, strong in the mind and it's terrific to see this. And I think a lot of people can can learn a lot from you um, and take a lot from this interview. Um, so okay. if you want some more, uh, some more uh, information about Gareth, you can go onto his website, uh, garethpicking.com. Um, and if you are interested in uh, the seven-day ultimate uh, Guatemala challenge, you can also go to garethpickering.com slash support. Yeah, garethpickering.com Pickering, forward yes. slash support. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's also got an online community uh, of, love, of lifestyle designs, and that is the, uh, the uh, livemoreperfectdays.com. And you can also go to uh, livemoreperfectdays.com slash Wade Hutchinson or WHS. And... Um, if you if you need some some money training, I think um, it's it's a good way to to see if you are a gambler if you're not really good with your money. So it's lots of ways Gareth can help you. It's terrific, um, and also if you are interested in all the things that Gareth does, he does of course have an Instagram account. Gareth Pickering is where you can find him. So that's Gareth and then Pickering P I C K E R I N G, and you can go follow him. And go and be inspired, just like I am right now on this interview. It's it's been an absolute pleasure, Gareth, to to talk with you and to to hear your stories. And um, yeah, anything we can do to to help with you know with with people. Um, yeah, if you have any more any more questions or anything like that, you know, you're always welcome to to come and talk to us. And like you said, I mean, I I've got so many questions to to ask you, but I think we'll. We'll leave that for another interview because um, I think this interview can can go on for six hours rather than just an hour. So I think what we'll do is we'll uh, when, once you've done your your seven day ultimate Guatemala challenge, we'll catch up again and see cool. how that went and cool. see how many people got involved for our side. Um, cool. And yeah, anything we can do to 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 help you, you know, if, 
if there's a shout out or anything like that, we'll we'll do that for you. And we'll keep thanks, man. It's been really it's been really good to be here, and um, thanks to whoever's tuned in to listen to this. I know your your time and your attention is probably our most important commodity, and if yeah. you've taken time to listen to the show, I, I trust that you got something valuable out of it. Um, LiveMorePerfectDays.com is a free community to start uh, with your perfect day exercise. And um, yeah, I think if you, the question was, is there anything anybody can do? Yeah, just show up for yourself. Decide what it is that you want to be Yeah, remembered for. We've got such a short time on this planet, you might as well make the most of it. And so, yeah, say no to things that you don't love and uh, more to the things that could bring you joy. I, I already know what I'm going to do straight after this uh, straight after this interview. I'm going to write down all the things I need and my life is going to be much better. One of those things is going to be <laughs> to have a woman in my life and cool. that's what's going to happen. Happy days. Perfect. Uh, let us know how the seven-day challenge goes and um, sure. yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch, Gareth. Much appreciated and thanks again for your time, brother. Only a pleasure. Take care, bro. Ciao. What a guy, huh? Wow, I am I am mind blown. Hmm? What do you think, Natasha? Cool guy, huh? Very cool guy. I Yeah, some food for food for thought. Food so. for thought, yeah. Wow, I already know what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna write down I need a woman. I need a woman. I need a woman and see if that helps in my in my manifest her into your life, Wade. Exactly. Oh, I'm. I always say this. I, you know, at the end of the in, at the end of every interview, I'm truly inspired by, by you know, um, who I'm talking to. But I really am. I'm. I'm inspired by all our guests that we have. All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, let's get back into. Uh, let's get get back into the news and check on what's happened in the world. And as I mentioned earlier, whilst we were trying to sort out our uh, tech issue. Uh, YouTube has a uh, has uh, it's, it's it's steering away from from uh, anti vaccination videos. Apparently, the algorithm is steering their viewers away from it. Now, a new study uh, of YouTube's recommendation algorithms show the filter bubble is in full effect. Uh, a user's history uh, watching misinformation about key conspiracy theories uh, theory results in more videos being pumped towards them. Uh, but one explanation that's uh, one explanation is lies about vaccinations, according to YouTube. Uh, they say that uh, it might be reacting differently to different topics based on the pressures they are getting from the media. I uh, said one uh, spokesperson from uh, YouTube's uh, YouTube. Um, they, their plan is to push people down rabbit holes, and it's been repeatedly uh, probed by journalists and academics alike. And uh, new research uh, shows the filter bubble is in full swing. Just one to mention is uh, YouTube suggests uh, videos relating to the 9-11 conspiracy theories. And that the earth is flat. There's a lot of people that think the earth is flat. It's very... Uh, uh, I don't know what the I don't know what kind of medication these people are taking, but uh, they they say that uh, we, we, uh, no one landed on the moon and that uh, vaccinations are harmful and they don't work and that the government is spying on us. That's why they want to inject us. And uh, thank goodness, thank goodness, YouTubers uh, 
YouTubers is finally sorting this out because this is the problem why we have these people in the world. This is why we have people that think the world is flat and that uh, 9-11 was all planned by by George Bush. Do me a favor, honestly. And uh, lastly, uh, Joe Biden has said that... uh, uh, he's had a he's had a phone call to Boris Johnson, and he and he's basically said, "Look, you need a deal because there cannot be a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, and Ireland or both the islands will not go back to a hard border." So I am really happy about this. It's given me something to wake up about and and to be positive about because. I'm hoping that this is the case. I'm hoping that there will be a, a better a better deal. I'm hoping Biden can step in and say, Mm-mm. "It's a, it's a deal, or 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 we're not going to pay any attention to you." All right, everybody, uh, that wraps up the show for this evening. I hope you have all been inspired as much as I am, and uh, don't forget um, if you if you want to go and check out Gareth. You can go check him out at garethpickering.com. And uh, if you want some some money training advice, well, he's got a money training series. Go into a livemoreperfectdays.com forward slash WHS. So if you do have any money problems, Natasha, do you have money problems that we should know about? No, but I mean, I could always <laughs> use more. It's of like uh, you can never be too rich or too skinny. Well, of course, of course. So, if you if that is the case, livemore dot com uh, is where you can find uh, is where you can find it all. Livemoreperfectdays.com, Sorry, livemoreperfectdays.com forward slash whs. All right. Uh, wrap up warmly. It is raining outside, which is fun. It means I'm gonna have to ride in this rain and probably get coronavirus. But that's okay. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, just let you know the podcast is up and running from yesterday, and this one will be up and running in a when our servers decide to upload it and distribute it to everyone. And uh, it's Friday. We've made it to Friday. Well, we we will we will we will make it to Friday. So lots of good things to look forward to this weekend. Got some friends that you maybe want to go see. Who knows? This is our time. The weekend is our time to make the most of it. All right, let's talk tomorrow.